0: Well, good morning, fellas. Hopefully you slept all right on those tiny, tiny mattresses. Uh, Really excited, again, waking up this morning and just see my boy, have a good time. Playing gaga ball last night with some of your boys is awesome. They are getting competitive. I wonder where they learned that from, fellas. Um, But I know I woke up to a little little gift from one of you guys to bless my son with, and he uh, he was very much blown away. So, whoever that was, I'm humbled and he is smiling big right now. Uh, so, appreciate that. Hey, uh, if you're, are there eight year olds here? Is there eight year olds? Yeah. All right, eight year olds. What's your name, buddy? Right here. What's your name? Uh, Jake. Jake. All right, Jake, you ready? Kind of question was asked a little bit before about if you had $1,000. Let me, uh, let me ante up the steak just a little bit more. Um, if I made you, president of your school. All right. You could do anything you wanted. Anything. What's one thing you would do? What's the first thing you would do? What do you think? Recess all day. That's a good good call. Who else is eight years old? Eight years old. All right. Stand on up, buddy. Stand on up. Eight years old. All right. What's one thing you would do if I made you the person over all of Hume Lake, what would you do? Anything? Let people, have fun. let people have fun. So recess all day, let people have fun. All right. Who else is eight? All right. Right there in the back. If you were in charge of all of California, bro, what would you do? Stop. Shh. What would you do? One thing. What's that? Go bowling. Go bowling. Mandatory <laughs> bowl. I love it. All right, one more eight year old. All right, uh, let's go right here. What's your name, buddy? Landon. What, Landon? All right, Landon, if you were in charge of the United States of America, what is the first thing you would do? No masks. No masks. no masks. All right. Get rid, COVID. Get, COVID, get, COVID. <laughs> get rid of COVID. I like that. Hey, listen, eight years old, that's, a, that's crazy started with school, moving around, and what it would look like to be in charge of the whole United States of America. There's a, a kid in the Bible, eight years old, who becomes king of Israel, king of a nation at eight years old. Stand up for me one more time, buddy. Eight years old, king, all right? Whatever he says we do it means we go bowling all day, all right? <laughs> Have a seat, buddy. Good job. Good job. I need us to keep this in perspective because this is what happened in the Bible. Again, these aren't just stories we tell. This is about a guy who, at eight years old, inherited an entire nation. And you talk about an adventure, all these things that was going through his mind and his heart, and all these things as a kid, this is what I want to do, recess all day. And then life takes over and there's things that have to happen and everyone's looking to him to make some big decisions. And the nation of Israel at this stage in Second Kings that we're about to read is falling big time. They've forgotten who God is and they've raised up all these idols. Kids, you know what an idol is, right? Yeah, just things that we worship in place of who God is. And they're doing all of these things and the nation of Israel is just going south quick. It is not good. A few years later, this King Josiah... He sends someone to the temple to get something and they find, they come back and they actually come back with God's word, with, the, with, uh, with some texts of God's laws. And somewhere over time, they've forgotten God's word. And they read him to the king, and he got so frustrated because he and his nation and his people, he's no longer worried about bowling. He's no longer worried about recess. He's no longer worried about anything else. He is mostly concerned about following God and getting his friends and family and followers of his kingdom to worship God. And that's what he does. He actually makes this big decree and brings everyone together and says, listen, we have not not remembered God's laws. We've forgotten God's laws. And he stands up and he makes this decree and says, let's go after God's laws again. Let's start understanding and remembering God's laws. And everyone said, we're in. And it was an amazing season as they start to go down all these places that they put up all these idols and they're ripping these idols down all because this guy had a passion from God's word. And here's what it says at the end. In 2 Kings 23, it says this before this king, before this king, there was no king like him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might according to the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after. Again, let me read that again. Before him there was no king like him. There was some there's a lot of kings. None who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after. I don't like adding words to the Bible. It's not a good thing to do. In this case, I'm not going to add. I'm just going to change one word, fellas. Before him, there was no dad like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart. What would that look like if that was us, fellas? There was no dad like you who turned to God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength. I don't know about you fellas. I don't know. That'd be a legacy I wouldn't mind having. Psalm 119 says this, how can a young man keep his way pure? Oh, hang on. We're reading God's word here for a second. So no more whittling. Let's, uh, let's, let's focus on this. Some of you fellas, you might understand this right now. You might be going through this in a few years. This is gonna be something you're, you're gonna be questioning and asking dad here in a second. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can I keep my mind focused on the right kind of things? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored in my, uh, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare your rules of your mouth. In the ways of your testimony, I delight as much in all the riches. I will meditate on your precepts. I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I delight in your word. I won't forget your word. I'm going to put it in my heart. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm focused on you and your word. That's how we keep our minds pure. That's how we keep our eyes focused on him. Let me pray for us as we begin. God, thanks for these guys. Thanks for uh, the eight-year-olds Thanks for allowing them not to run our country. Thanks for the joy that they have and reminding us to play, to have fun. For the 70-year-olds in the, in the place that just kind of remind us of the wisdom and life of what it is to, to walk as they look back on their life. And they look forward to what you're wanting to do in their life still in all the ages in between. God, may we as men sharpen one another, be changed as we walk out of this weekend. It's in your name we pray. Amen. My son, August, again, now it's daytime, so I'm going to show him off. That's him. What's up, homie? Yeah, he loves attention. He does not love attention, but that's my boy. he loves Clash of Clans. It's a weird video game that, um, that, you know, went away for a while. Went away. for Everyone's raising their knights. Yeah! Uh, careful with those. It's a game that went away for a while. I was there, and then it kind of went away, and now it's back in force, and my boy loves it so much. And uh, a little while ago, we started a little clan, and uh, it's awesome, and he's, like, trying to get me to tell all his friends about it. And, uh, and he was just playing it and upgrading all of these things, and it's it's a game on, you know, on your phone or iPad or whatever it is, and all you really do is you just kind of keep pressing buttons to get more money to buy more things to go fight some people, and then you lose it all, right? And then it's a lot of waiting and whatever, but it, hey, it's a really fun game, August. Um, but... He loves this game, and he would play it, you know, for a while, and then we'd have to make him go outside and you know, take a break and come back, and he would just sit there and, you know, just get all into it and start thinking strategy, reading things about it on- online, and he just was, how do I build my base? And he was just all about this game for weeks, and he still is. He really likes that game, but it's interesting is – there's been days where all he's doing is studying formations of how to attack people and how to line his base up, and he would go to bed excited to wake up to play the next day. But my boy likes to sleepwalk sometimes. And uh, every now and then, he'll wake up, and he'll come up to me, Dad, I can't do it. I got to send the troops. I got to send the troops. I was like, what troops? But he's like, you know, I, I got to send the Giants, but I can't. I, I need the bow and arrow guys to come in. I'm like, what are you talking about, Dude. And he's sitting here sleepwalking. He literally wakes up to come in and tell me about the strategy that he's going to be tomorrow, but he's talking about a game and he's not even awake. He's completely asleep. And then, you know, I send him off to bed and then he keeps dreaming of clash of clans. All right. That's my son. And that's something to do with a little video game. But the reality, guys, what we spend time with impacts us. That's just the reality. What we spend time thinking about and doing will have an impact on our life. Psalm 119, it just talked about how to keep our our lives pure by guarding it according to God's word. Do we know our Bibles? When's the last time you've seen your Bible or dusted it off, gentlemen? Kiddos, are you just letting your moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and Sunday school teachers tell you about God's word? Or do you have the opportunity to open up your Bible? Because chances are you have your own Bible. Are you reading it? I'll meditate. It says, I'll, "I'll think about your teachings. I'll fix my eyes on your ways." Are you meditating on this thing, or is it just a checklist? I gotta, I gotta dive into this thing because that's what I'm told. You know, a good Christian does. Are we meditating on, or are we just checking a box, saying, "All right, I've read it today." I delight in your statutes. I will not forget your words, is what Psalm 119 says. I'll delight. I'm not gonna forget. I wonder if some of us don't delight in it. In fact, we dread sometimes reading it. Something that's supposed to bring us peace and joy sometimes brings us anxiety. The Bible is God's word to us, his letters to us to let him know how we're supposed to live. It's teaching us who God is, what sin is, what sin does, what he's done for us, that he wants to He wants to rule in our hearts and he wants us to love him and think about him. Nowadays with an iPhone or whatever it is, we might not uh, think this uh, little illustration through, but I, I heard this once and I love it. But there's people that have Bibles from when they were kids. Is there is there anybody in there that in, that has like an old Bible that they have? Hold those old Bibles up that you have with you. Yeah, yeah, I actually just saw this. I wasn't sure if there's a, a student Bible. So I'm imagining you might still be a student, but there's some old Bibles here, right? People, There's some people that keep their same Bible all through, you know, just growing up. And they're just going to continue to keep adding notes to it. And I think that that's awesome. And what's unbelievable about a lot of these Bibles that have all of these old notes in there and these pages that are worn, what happens is the Bible starts to do what? It starts to fall apart. It's being used a lot. And here's a little quote. You ready? A person whose Bible is falling apart usually reflects a life that is not. I'm sitting here seeing the worn pages of the outside of this Bible means it's probably been opened a lot. The pages that are starting to fall out. The book of Psalm that just literally completely falls out. Why? Because they're using it so much and they're flipping through it so much. And a worn Bible, a Bible that's falling apart usually reflects a life that is not. Fellas, how do we guard our, our lives? How do we keep it pure? How do we focus on him? And I'm hoping that you didn't just come to this week and just for the hamburgers or whatever it might be. I'm really hoping that you took time to say, look, my son, we don't get a lot of time together and you're starting to school next week and and life is going to get happening and soccer is going to happen and life, I want to slow down and have time with my son. But most importantly, the most important thing about me, the best thing about me is him. That's it. And I want to point my son to him because if I point my son to him, he gets the best part of me. And one of the best ways that I can point them to him is dive into the word and showing them. And I might not be good at this. I might fail at this, but at least I'm stepping one foot in front of the other. Proverbs 4 says this above else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Your heart, your inner core, your thoughts, your minds, your desires. What am I feeling my life with? What are you spending your time filling your mind with? What are you letting in? What are you watching, listening to? What are you reading? And I'm not saying don't watch, I'm not saying don't listen, I'm not saying don't read, but I'm gonna ask, take an inventory really quick. What are you letting in your mind, fellas, young, old? What are we letting in our minds? And are we maybe ignorant about what that impact is having into our thoughts? How much time do we spend watching sports, social media, playing video games, reading the news? things that scream just fear culture or you can't get enough or, or you know, do what you want to do. That's what a lot of the culture is screaming. Do what you want. Life is all about you. And God's word is constantly screaming, do what I want because life is all about me. Are we letting the wrong things in? Or are we keeping the best things out? Psalm 119 says this, how sweet are your words to my taste? They're sweeter than honey to my mouth. What would it look like if we craved God's word that way? We couldn't get enough of it. Would life look any different? Would the ways that we interact with our family look any different? Would The ways that we walk into trials as we talked about David and Daniel and all of these guys stepping into hard situations, would our situations look a little different if we craved God's word? like honey to our mouth. Instead of consuming God's word all the time, we consume it once a week on Sundays. And we think, yep, that's enough. Okay, you guys just had breakfast, right? You don't need to eat for the rest of the week. You're good. You don't. We wouldn't do that. In fact, what's crazy about Hume Lake, we eat all the time. We're going to eat in like 10 minutes. And I don't know about you, but somehow I get more hungry to eat every time. <laughs> you might be. Listen, we wouldn't crave just, all right, if I just get a little bacon now, that'll sustain me all week long. If I get just a little bit of those nachos, right? I'm good all week long. We wouldn't do that yet. We'll do that with the word. I'm good. I hear it on Sunday. I'll just read a little bit of it I'll, I'll check the box and it's good. That's all I need for the week. no. What would it look like to say your words are sweet to my taste, sweeter than honey? If we're consistently getting input from the world and continually getting very little input from God, who will we inevitably look more like? If we're consistently getting input from the world and getting very little input from the Lord, who will we inevitably look more like, fellas? The things that we are letting in our minds are affecting us. Are we keeping in, are we letting in the wrong things and keeping out maybe the best things? There's a guy at my church, his name is Ben West. And he said it since I've met him. And he's sticking to this. He says this, no Bible, no breakfast. And he sticks to that. Before he eats breakfast, he has to dive into his Bible. And the guy is 81 years old and he's been doing it for a while. You talk about a guy that I I wanna emulate when it comes to spiritual disciplines in my life. Cause I'm like, "Uh, no Bible, I'll still eat breakfast and lunch and dinner and maybe I'll get to the Bible and if not, I'll maybe do it tomorrow. But Ben, he knows before he he feeds his physical need, he has to feed his spiritual hunger and that's what's rad. He has a spiritual hunger. He knows he needs God's word every day. And he's 81. What's that say about us, fellas? Maybe hunger for God's word. And we might not be sure how. I'm a pastor down in Long Beach. I've been working in adult world here for about five years, working with men a lot. And getting people commu- connected to one another of just friendships and also, most importantly, the Lord. And something I've just been discovering more and more as guys get older they know they need to read the Bible. They might just not have ever been taught how, and they might've gotten to this point of, I'm just like too old to actually ask. And it's hard. I don't want any of us to think that way. And fellas, if you're young too, just keep this in mind. I know there's a lot going on in our minds, but you might not know exactly how to study God's word. And in fact, me and my son were going through this a little while ago. Of just, again, not just me reading the Bible to him, but actually engaging in it and spending time to be a detective. And I I love detectives. I think it's one of the coolest jobs. I, I love talking to my buddies that are. Um, I like adventure things, right? That we go out and we discover things. And I know you guys are good at that. I know because at like 6 30 this morning, I heard all these kids running by my room screaming, It's over here. Look in here. You didn't look in. No, you didn't look hard enough. Oh, look right here. Open the store. And it's crazy how loud it can get in here when we're looking for a little knife or little squirt guns, right? We will go and we'll look at a tree and we're going to examine the tree. Hang on. You see that tree? How many holes does it have? I don't know. 15 holes. Maybe look up top there. Why? He might have put a knife in there. Go. And you're going to look at that tree where two days ago, I'd be like, Hey, not go look at a tree. You're like, it's a tree. But there's something of value in there, and what are you doing? You're actually stopping. You're examining it. You're like, all right, hang on, look around the side. And what's crazy is you're not doing it alone. Hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. You go over there, go over there. And you guys are actually spending time taking a look at the tree. Friends, what would it look like if we engaged God's word the same kind of way? We don't come to it just, all right, here we go, let's open it up. I need to read my Bible today because that's what a good Christian does. All right, stop. All right. At the end of 10 days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and he summoned Jonathan uh, and all the commanders of the forces. They were with him. All right. Thanks, God. That will change my life today. I wonder how many of us do that. Instead of actually stopping and examining and thinking, all right, here's something good. There's something in here. Let me, let me look at it in a different way and let me slow down and investigate and take it in. And in Psalm 119 said that, what if we meditated on it? We slowed down. We didn't rush through it. And again, all we're doing, we're, have, we're asking the question, do you want to, do you want to do some spiritual disciplines in your life? There's just another way to do it. You know how to read your Bible. You've been doing it great. Maybe this is a different kind of way. Instead of just doing the normal push-ups, we're doing a different kind of binge press. We're working a different kind of muscle and we're going to engage our thoughts in a different way. Here's one way, just one of a million different ways we could study God's word. It's something that's kind of changed uh, the way I've done it. And again, me and my son have done this and it was awesome to watch him engage the word in a different way. And it's this, you ask two questions. I don't even go through a whole passage. I'll just go through. I don't have to just read a whole chapter. I could just take one or two verses and ask a simple question and then we move, we move on with our day and I, I meditate on that thing and here's the simple questions. You ready? What's this text say about God and what's it say about us as human beings? And then the third question is, what, what should I do about it? That's it. So hopefully you have a piece of paper. If not, uh think through it but you, like most guys we will forget but if you have a piece of paper take a, a notebook out really quick because we're actually going to get out of here in about three four minutes and we're going to give you an opportunity to do this just this so write the question down what's this say about god what's this say about man and what is god maybe asking me to do about it let's put this thing to practice it's easy to do it by yourself and you can I'm a verbal processor. Those that know me know I can't actually come to a conclusion unless I process it out with people. So for me, it's actually fun when you see the body of believers here and I'm like, hey, let's talk this thing out. Let's let's engage in a conversation real quick. So I'm going to read just one or two verses, Psalm 119. It says this, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. That's it. Verse one, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. What if we just stopped right there and asked a few questions? We don't have to get through the whole chapter. There's no right or wrong way. This is you doing a self-discipline to say, I want to grow in my love for the Lord. So I would be asking my son, all right, son, here we go. Preserve me, O God, in you I take refuge. Let me ask us as a group, what's that say about God? Preserve me, right? To, uh, To keep me safe, protected. What's that say about God? Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. What's that say about God? He's a comforter. He protects us. What else? He loves us. Stop. What we've just done, we've looked at his tree. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool tree. Stop. There's a knife in that tree. Uh, let's gather around. Let's really look at this thing. We've seen a couple things. It's a tall tree. It's got some bark on it. Let's draw in a little bit closer. Let's not move away from it too fast. What's what else does it say about God? It's a comforter. He's a protector. What else? I Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. What else does that say about God? Come on. What else? There's more. He listens to us. That's insane to think about. The God who created everything actually listens to us. That's mind-blowing, and maybe we forget that when we rush through. What else? Anything else? He's so close to us. He's not a distant God. He, he's, he's listening. He's, he didn't create and then said, now go, go figure it out. This God actually listens. He protects. There's a lot of things that we can just sit here and listen. I forget things. So I got to write it down and I'll encourage you to write it down because otherwise you're like, ah, oh, he listens and he does some other things, not some other things, write it down. He listens. He protects. Why? Because that helps us answer the third question, which is what should I do about it? So, That's a couple of things we've learned about God. What can we learn about man in here? One verse, this is all we've done. It's all we've done. And I'm not teaching, I'm asking. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. What's that say about human beings? What's that say about you as an eight-year-old? What's that say about you as a 45-year-old? What does that say? All of our life, we're going to need some sort of refuge, and he's the one. What else? We want to live. We want to live. Want to live. Write that down. I want to live. And then you should ask, the question, well, what, what, what does that mean, I want to live? I actually want to breathe, or I want to live life, abundant life, the only life that God wants me to live, because in him is life. What else? I'm, uh, Psalm 16, verse 1. Did, what did I say? Did I mess up? Oh, I'm sorry. I was doing 119 at the beginning. I'm at that now Psalm 1. Or sorry, I just said it again. I'm at Psalm 16. I'm sorry, fellas. Psalm 16, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. Verse 1 of 16. There's a lot more unbelievable verses. What else does it say about man? We put our trust and confidence in him. Or what's that say about man? We have trust and confidence to give where are we putting it? Where are you putting your trust and confidence? Is it in him? Because that's where he is in the Bible, but we might not be putting our trust and confidence in him. And we're just doing some self-evaluation as we're looking at a tree and we're drawing closer to the tree and we're like, wait a minute, what's around here? Oh, there's a backside of the tree, guys, come here. Instead of just saying, oh, there's a tree and we walk away, we're actually drawing close to it. Too many times, I think with God's word, we open it up, we check a a box to say, look, I'm reading through a Bible in a whole year. I'll do it. I'm just going to do it because I'm supposed to do it. And God's word won't come back void. It will penetrate your heart. But I'm telling you, as we slow down and we actually dig a little bit more in, beautiful truths of who God is and in our desperate need for him start to come up. And then the last question would simply be, in light of he being our shelter, in light of him being not a, a distant God, but a personal God, and him being one that wants us to come and find rest in him, and, uh, and, and, and we look at us and say, God, I, I, I am looking for hope. Why am I looking at it in the wrong kind of places? When you write all of that out, just quick little one-word things, hope, rest, all that, then it says, what do I do with it? Well, what would it look like if I looked up a little bit more today? Great. Do that. Reading our Bible is not super complicated, and I think we overcomplicate it, and with that comes anxiety, and we get overwhelmed. Friends don't. What would it look like to treat this like honey on our lips where we couldn't get enough? I can't wait for a snack. I don't know what it is, but I can't wait because I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And, and unlike a snack that I don't probably need, I'm desperate for this. And I want us to be, fellas. And, dads, if you don't know how to do it, that's okay. kids aren't judging you in fact you get an opportunity to say i don't know it and maybe we haven't been doing this consistently but i'm coming up to a camp here to learn some disciplines that i want to reroute the course of my life and choose to look up to give my son and my family the best thing about me and it's not me the best thing about me is him and i want to show my son that that's my hope for you here's what we're going to do i'm going to pray for us here in just a second and then we've got a few minutes here before uh before we get out of here. Um, d and is supposed to start in a few minutes, but I just want to give you guys time to go. Uh, D&G is going to be down this road to the left, right over there, and uh, uh, come and meet Derek. He's right here. Hello, Derek. He's going to be there. We're going to go at 10.30, all right? So we've got time. You've got time to change. You've got time to get into this. We'll play for an hour and a half. We're going to be done in about 15 minutes, because we're tired, because we're going to run a lot, all right? so. Uh, you go down to this road, you go to the left, you keep walking over, and we'll meet you over there in this open field. Um, wear shoes. You don't want to wear sandals. Make sure you're looking at your booklets for the rest of the, the, the day today and what all that looks like. Jason, anything else from you? Yeah, they can go across the little bridge below and tip rock, or they can keep walking on the road. Don't go to the other side like where we eat. Stay on this side and walk down that path by the archery range. Yep. Good. Good. All right uh, put this down in your notes, Psalm 62, or you could keep going Psalm 16, but Psalm 62, such an awesome passage. So simple and go. I want you in just a second. You're not going back to your rooms to to clean up. You're not going to go change right now. I'm going to ask you to give me 10 minutes, 10 minutes. So kiddos don't, don't tell your dad to go somewhere else. Your dad's taking you somewhere. Just, if you want to stay right here, stay right here. Um, if you want to go and grab a little bench right outside your cabin, fantastic. But open up Psalm 62, and it'll actually go relatively fast when you start asking questions. What's to say about God? Write it down. Talk to each other about it. What's to say about man? And what's something we can learn from this and take away? Let me pray for us. God, thanks for these guys. And as we break this time, um, we've heard some ways to draw close to you, and I pray we don't walk away from that not changed. I pray that we walk away changed, wanting to draw close to you, wanting to examine your word a little bit more, not moving away from it. Thanks for these guys, all ages. May we desire to draw close to you as you draw close to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.